0: Well, what is up, North Star? My name is Casey Lynch. I'm the high school pastor here, so it's truly an honor to be with you. I haven't gotten to be in this room a whole lot. Uh, every week, we've got a service happening for high schoolers in the other building. Some of you didn't know there was even another building here, but there is, so uh, upstairs in the other building at 11 o'clock, we have a service that is designed specifically for high schoolers, so I'm in there with your kids week in and week out, and they're awesome, and so, uh, It's always fun, but it's great to be here with you today. I've gotten to kind of continue um, watching this series online like a lot of you, so I've kept up with it, and we've been talking about worth it, and we've been walking through the book of Hebrews, and we're going to continue with that thought today. So we're going to be in Hebrews 3, and we're going to pick up in verse 9. Verse 9 is we're going to pick up, Hebrews 3, and we're continuing with where we've been in the series as the writer of Hebrews is talking to these Hebrew Christians about holding on to their faith. I love this passage today. Hebrews 3, verse 9, it'll be on the screens as well. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said that their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. Okay, so they're pointing back to something that would be very familiar to these people. He's saying, hey, I want you to look back to your ancestors, okay? Look back just a few hundred years. Look to your ancestors who were enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt, okay, Moses comes, leads them. They've got this opportunity to cross into the promised land, this place that God's designed for them, and instead, they decide to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, okay? So this is something that they would be incredibly familiar with, but he wants to use it as something they can learn from, something that would hit home for them, and it's something that we're going to talk a lot about today. Verse 11. So I declared on oath in my anger that they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness." We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as it has just been said. And he's going to repeat himself here. And typically, when people repeat themselves, there's something important coming. So he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Now he's going to ask them a series of questions. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? In verse 19, so we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And there we find really the crux of this passage. He said all of this. We went through all of that to get to that last verse. They did not enter because of their unbelief. Now, this is really poignant for these Hebrew Christians of this time because they're going through something right now, okay? We've talked about it a little bit in the past couple weeks. They're facing Persecution because of their faith, okay? So they've stepped out and they've decided to say yes to Jesus, they're following Christ, and now it's costing people their lives, all right? So they're facing a physical persecution, but there's another storm that's waging within them that's going on in their hearts, and it's the storm of unbelief. And that's what the writer is getting at here. All of that is pointing back to this passage of what's going on in your hearts, hold on to Christ. There's people that are wondering if they made the right decision, thinking about going back to their old ways, going back to Judaism. The writer of Hebrews saying, you've got to hold on. It's worth it. It's worth it, but they had a storm that was waging within their own hearts that was huge, and it was a battle that they're fighting. This unbelief, this, unwa- this wavering on their faith, did we make the right decision, or where we are we where we need to be? I think it's so interesting because we face that same battle in our own hearts. We might not, live in America, we might not look at persecution physically like they were for their faith. I mean, they're dying for their faith. But that storm that's going on within their hearts, that unbelief, that wondering, is God really in this? Is God with me? Man, I think that's something that we can all relate to. That's a place we've all been. These Hebrew Christians... We're looking for something to hold on to, just like a lot of us. The writer of Hebrew gives it to him, and he gave it to us. So what we're going to talk about for the next few moments that we have together is how do we listen in a storm? How do we do it? Because that one that's going on in our own hearts when it feels like we're backed up against the wall, when it feels like everything's gone against us, when it feels like nothing is heading in the same direction as where we want to go, and we begin to wonder, is God really in this? We're gonna talk about what it looks like to listen in those moments. Do you guys pray with me? Father, I thank you um, just for this passage, and I thank you for placing these these words on the writer of Hebrews' hearts. But God, I think if we were all being really honest with ourselves, we can relate to this passage on on a really personal level. Father, there's some of us who walked in today. We really don't know who Jesus is. He's a name that we've heard in passing, but we don't have a, a relationship, and there's some of us where we do. We have that relationship with Jesus and you, but man, that that storm going on within us of unbelief, of questioning, of having a lot of desires that we feel maybe are going unanswered. We understand that. We understand where these Hebrew Christians are at. Father, I pray for the next few moments that we have together that we would be able to dive deeper into your word, into a deeper intimacy with you, Lord, and we would look like, we would learn to know what it looks like to listen to you within a storm that's going on within our own hearts. Father, we're gonna give this time to you. We love you, we thank you. It's your name we pray, amen. All right, let's go ahead and dive right in, all right? So here's our first thought on how we can listen in a storm, all right? First thought, we have to obey immediately. We have to obey immediately. If we were to go back and start over in verse seven, the writer said this, today, if you hear his voice. Now, if you're taking notes, underline that part. Highlight it, do whatever you need to do. Today, if you hear his voice. Not tomorrow, not, hey, this'll be good when you need it. Today. Man, when when he's saying this, there's an urgency to what he's saying. This is something that he wants these people to take hold of right now as soon as they read it. In fact, we could look through and we see today mentioned eight different times in the book of Hebrews. There's an urgency to this passage. He knows what's at stake. He knows their faith is on the line. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. Think about that. Four decades, their ancestors decided to wander around in the wilderness instead of entering into the promised land. All right, so man, God delivers them out of slavery. Moses leads them, they're on their way to the promised land. There's some awesome stuff ahead. God has set this aside for them. And then they send some people ahead to look into the promised land and they don't like what they see on the other side. And they come back and say, well, I don't think we can get in there. And so instead of fighting, instead of being active, they wonder and their hearts begin to get bitter. They start asking a lot of questions. They quit obeying. They left that behind. Let's get one thing straight. God did not keep those people out of the promised land. Unbelief kept them out of the promised land. God wanted them to be there. He had set it aside for them. But the unbelief that was within their hearts is what kept them out. They didn't believe that God would actually see them through yeah he's done it before and that's great but this circumstance that we're looking at right now oof not even God can handle that see it's great for us to be here every Sunday man we love it right the band's always awesome Seth Caitlin they kill it right they're fantastic The message is sometimes okay if my dad's speaking right. I'm just messing. Um, But it's one thing if we just listen and we go, you know what? That was nice. I'll just come back next week. But it's completely different when we listen and then we apply it to our lives. We take what we hear and we run with it. See, our faith, we were meant to be active participants in our faith, we were never meant to be spectators. In about an hour and a half, the Falcons are in kickoff against the Saints, right? So Mercedes Benz is gonna be packed with people. You know the safest place to be in MBS this afternoon? In the bleachers, right? I'll be sitting there, I'm not gonna get blindsided, nobody's gonna hit me from behind, nobody's gonna grab my face mask, hit me, I'm good sitting in the bleachers. The ones who are really getting after it, the ones who have stuff on the line with things at stake are those guys on the field. We were meant to be on the field with our faith. We were meant to be fighting for it. We were meant to be getting after in the trenches day in and day out, and yet, we look, it's a lot more comfortable back here. It's a lot more comfortable just watching. So I'll hear it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. We've gotta take it and we've gotta apply it. Their ancestors had quit doing that. These Hebrew Christians were in danger of not doing it as well. We've gotta learn to obey immediately if we're gonna be able to listen to what God has for us, even during a storm. But here's our second thought. We can't just listen, we've gotta listen carefully. Listening's great, but if we're not listening for the right things, we're missing the mark. Verse 10 said this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage one another daily. Don't just do life alone. Don't think you've gotta carry the weight of all you deal with by yourself. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The writer did not want the Hebrew Christians to underestimate the power of sin. He doesn't want us in 2018 to underestimate the power of sin. God's got a great plan for each and every one of your lives. But the enemy wants to do what he can to destroy that plan. It's like this. Some of you have those cool little cars that have the backup cameras in them, even though you refuse to use them, but they're really cool, right? So they got the backup camera, and then... Even the really new ones have got these sensors, right? So anytime you get within like three to five feet of an object, it starts buzzing, lights start flashing. I mean, it is impossible to keep going because this car is going crazy. It's going crazy because it's saying, hey, you're about to hit your trash can for the 15th time and I would really prefer if you didn't do that again, okay? So I'm gonna tell you, please don't hit the trash can. That'd be one thing to be pulling out of your driveway. That buzz starts going off, lights start flashing, your seat starts your seat starts to shake, and you go, "Ah, this thing doesn't know what it's talking about." It never works. It never works right. Stupid thing. You're gonna have dents all over your car. You're going to hit your mailbox. You're going to hit your neighbor's mailbox again, trash can, other cars. You're going to run into all kinds of stuff because that car sees something that you don't. It sees danger around you that you can't see. But we would never ignore it. It's telling us something. So we readjust in the driveway and we go back down a different way. A lot of times in our life, the Holy Spirit has those sensors, that buzzing, it's going off all around us. Man, there's something that you need to be aware of. Ah, it's not a big deal. I don't worry about it. Sin's, I know sin's a big deal, but what I'm doing is not awful. And he talks about the hardened heart of sin. And I love how Erwin Lutzer puts it. Erwin Lutzer says it like this, This is the indication that your heart has become hard to the idea of sin. You deny it, you minimize it, and then you compare it to somebody else's. So you deny it. I would never do that. How dare you even accuse me of saying that I would act this way? I would never. Right? So we've denied, but then we move to minimizing it. Well, It's really not that big of a deal. I didn't hurt anybody. Nobody needs to know. Nobody's really gonna find out. And then we compare it to somebody else's. Okay, yeah, I did it. But look at, look at their life. It's a terrain wreck compared to mine. I would never, I would never look like that. When we begin to do those three things, our heart, has become hard to the idea of sin. And sin's dangerous because it's so deceitful, we can't even see it coming a lot of the time. That's why the writer talks about the need to encourage one another daily. Man, to be able to have that fellowship, to have that community to where somebody can look at you and go, man, I see this in your life, This is going on you need to know about it. We talked about engaging with the Holy Spirit. We've been given these resources, these tools, so that not only we can listen, but we can listen carefully. So that we don't miss those markers. So that we don't keep running into the same thing each time. See, what was happening is these people had quit obeying, and since they quit obeying, their hearts are now becoming hard to this idea of sin. It's not carrying the same weight that it had. They're denying, they're minimizing, and they're comparing. Their ancestors had already done that. They had already made that mistake. And he's trying to say, you're missing the mark. You're missing it. Don't repeat history. Man, take a lesson from what's already happened. We've gotta keep fighting. You've gotta keep paying attention to the dangers that are around you. But here's our third and final thought on how we can listen during a storm. So we've gotta obey immediately. We've gotta listen carefully. But we have to walk dependently. We have to walk dependently. You know, I think verse 16 of this passage is so interesting because he's already gone through and he's repeated himself. He's he's hit the same point twice. But now he's asking them this question. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Who were they? They knew them to be their ancestors. Were they not all those Moses had led out of Egypt and with whom he was angry for 40 years? These people, their ancestors, saw firsthand God move in their life. We read about it, they lived it, they were enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt. Moses shows up. God sends Moses. He puts plagues down all over Egypt. They get out. They're leading them. They run into the Red Sea. That's a problem. Moses strikes his staff. The sea opens up. They walk across the sea on dry ground, and then it swallows up and kills the rest of Pharaoh's men that were chasing him. They literally saw God move first hand, and yet, what did they do? They quit walking. They were trying to coast off this one experience that they had had with God. They quit growing, and so instead of walking, they began to wonder. They get to the forest. They get to the wilderness. And instead of keeping up what had already happened, they quit growing. And when we quit growing, we quit walking. The promised land was right there. God wanted them to enter it. He wanted them to be there. They were going to win that fight. He had already done it. He wasn't going to let them down. But they thought it was going to be too much. So they stopped. And they got bitter. And they got angry. Frustrated. And an entire generation of people suffered. An entire generation. Completely changed because of their lack of action. But I think we can relate to that. There's some of us, we're trying to coast off this one experience that we've had with God. Man, God moved at this point in my life and it was great and it was awesome and I appreciate it, but what have you done for me lately? Where you been? Did you forget about me? Did you leave me? Is this what you're gonna do every single time? And we're in this wilderness. Zebra Christians were there. They were confused as to what was happening. They've decided to follow Christ and now they're being persecuted. This doesn't make any sense. The writer knew what was at stake. That same thing is at stake for us. Verse 19. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Not because God hated them. Not because God forgot about them. Not because God didn't want them to. They didn't enter into the promised land because they weren't willing to believe in God anymore. Man, we've got the same opportunity A lot of us, man, it feels like we've been walking in this wilderness, we've been wondering what's next, we've been wondering what God's gonna do, and we've searched all these different places, and we haven't been able to find that rest. We've looked in a hundred different avenues, but none of them have been good enough because it hasn't fulfilled what we think is missing. So we keep wondering, we keep asking questions. But we haven't met Jesus. See, God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to live this perfect life, sinless. And then he's put on this sham trial because people hated him for what he did and what he thought and what he said, what he believed. He's put to death. I mean, just horrible. And we can go back and read about it. This terrible death. And he's killed for our sins. For that stuff in our life that we're embarrassed about, that we wouldn't ever want anybody else to find out about. Jesus died for that, and he died for each and every person in this room. But the cool thing is, he didn't stay where he was. He comes back to life three days later and changes the game for the rest of history. Changed it, he defeated the grave. So we could find rest. So we didn't have to wander forever. He did that for each and every one of us. But listening and obeying is difficult. It's not easy to do. It's a daily process. Each one of these things, obeying, listening carefully, walking dependently, that's something that we're going to have to do day in and day out. It doesn't just happen one time and fix everything forever. It's something that we have to do each and every day. But when we can do that, when we have that ability, that unbelief that can take over our hearts sometimes, because life has gotten really hard, we can keep moving forward. We don't have to stay where we are. Keep walking, We keep obeying, we keep trusting. God hadn't forgotten about us. He didn't forget about these Hebrew Christians and he hadn't forgotten about you. He understands where you are. My prayer is that we could all find this rest and we could take a lesson that these Israelites thousands of years ago didn't take when they didn't enter the promised land but we would be able to find rest in who Jesus is. Would you pray with me? Father, I know that unbelief's a real thing. And I know it's something that stirs in our heart. And God, there's people who walked in today dealing with life circumstances that they would have never seen coming and that they didn't sign up for. There's some of us, God, who walked into this room today, yeah, we didn't know who Jesus was. He's a name. We heard about him growing up, but he doesn't mean anything to us personally. And we know what that unbelief feels like. We know what that restlessness feels like to have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. Father, I'd be remiss if we didn't take this opportunity to let people know how they could meet Jesus right now. And there's nothing special about the prayer. There's no formula to it. It's all the posture of our hearts. But it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I feel like I've been wandering in the wilderness and I'm ready to find rest. I believe that you came to this earth and you lived for me. God, I believe you came to this earth and you died for me, you took on my sins, and that you rose again from the grave three days later just for me. So Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart, to get rid of my unbelief, and to allow me to find rest in you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's gonna be a phone number that pops up on the bottom of the screen. Nobody's gonna bother you, but we would love for you to text FOLLOW to that number that's on the screen. Hey, so we can celebrate with you for making the greatest decision that you can make, but also so we can help come alongside you and encourage you just as the writer of Hebrews talked about. Father, I also know that there's some of us in this room where we've taken that step before. We know who Jesus is and we know who you are, but it doesn't feel like you've been showing up. And what these Hebrew Christians were dealing with, where they were in life, what they felt, God, we relate to it on a completely different level. Because that unbelief, that wavering, that questioning, that wondering, it's creeping up in our hearts. Father, I pray that we would be able to obey your word immediately. God, that we would be able to take it today and apply it to our lives. That we would listen carefully and that our hearts wouldn't become hard to sin. And that we would walk dependently, knowing we can't do it by ourselves, knowing we need you. God, give us that strength, give us that courage, give us that stamina to keep going, to weather the storm that's going on within our hearts because the rest that you provide is greater than anything else we can imagine. Lord, we love you, we thank you. It's your name we pray, amen.